Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? You know what? I actually, I'm feeling good. I had a chance to get away for a minute over the weekend to come back and reset. You know how like if some of your equipment like messes up and sometimes all you need to do is just unplug and plug it back in. That's, yeah. That was me. I needed, <laughs> I needed to unplug and recharge. Um, what about you? How are you? I've been doing really, really good. I got a, a new job offer that I am super, super excited about. Um, I feel like it's been like a long time coming. I got it in the industry that I wanted it to get it in, doing what I want to do. And even in the pay range that I want, which is like I found can be a difficult thing. So for those who don't know, Last year around April, I was impacted. So I was laid off for like eight months, got a contract job in December. And I'm going to just say it wasn't for me. <laughs> that was <laughs> for me. I did that for about two months. But the job that I offer that I got now, I actually interviewed for like a week after my birthday. And I almost didn't even go to the interview just because I had a lot going on. And I was like, God, I can't do it. But I actually forgot to cancel it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, since you, you know, didn't cancel it you got to do it and I ended up having a great interview so three months and four interviews later um your girl got a job offer and I am so excited I get to do a lot of things that I want to do but I also get to do a lot of things that I don't know how to do um but I want to learn how to do so I'm really excited to join the team everybody seems super nice super kind your girl is going to be the only black person on payroll <laughs> so <laughs> That's going to be really interesting. But no, I honestly, I'm really, really excited. I got the offer on Friday. I sent my signed contract in on February 1st, the first day of Black History Month. And your girl starts next Monday. So I'm like super, super excited, super nervous. And I just feel like this is kind of like my new start for me. Like, I just feel like everything that I want, everything that I desire, everything that I'm manifesting, I feel like I'm going to get it because... Like, what better way to start off Black History Month than with a good job? Yes. So I'm so happy for you, friend. I'm so excited for you. That's amazing. Y'all already knew this, but I had to act super excited again. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are. that is such a blessing for you. I personally know how you have just been going through it with that. And so I'm just so happy for you. We're both blessed. We're black, especially since, like you said, it's officially Black History Month and we just blackity right. black over here. Um, so I obviously shout out to you, but let's give some shout outs to some also some well-known black women breaking barriers. Um, I just seen these people on like Instagram. So the first person I saw was this girl named Brianna Daniels, and she is the first black NASCAR pit crew member. Like, girl. Like, come That's on, amazing. you were dom Yeah, you dominating a male field, a white male field. Like you were just saying, Shelby, like you gonna be the only black on payroll. I'm the only black on payroll. So we know what that's like. <laughs> right. So, for sure. So we're 
So shout out to her. Also, Amanda Gorman, as we already already know, she was the poet that recited at the inauguration, but she just got signed to IMG Models, y'all. Like, that shout girl going to be posing. Yeah, and right. then she'll be reciting the poem uh, for the Super Bowl this year. So that's coming up. Oh, that's, oh yeah, um, I've heard that. She's going to be like the first poet in like Super Bowl history. So I'm going to have to tune in for that part. Yes. And also, I don't know if you heard about this, um, Fran, because I know you love Ulta Beauty, but Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah, she just got appointed for the diversity inclusion advisor because they are actually, Ulta Beauty is going to be spending like $40 million on their marketing um, campaigns because they're going to double the amount of black owned brands in their stores. So that is dope. Okay. Like, right. what's more dope than that? Um, I hope they can and get then, Fenty in there. Like, if they can get Fenty in there, I'm not gonna have to go to Sephora ever because I prefer Ulta. Just saying. yes, I know. <laughs> yes, um, but who knows? It might be in the future. Um, also, Nia Dennis. I don't know if you saw her. She is the UCLA gymnast that did her floor exercise routine and she yes. danced to like Beyonce, Kendrick Lamar, like Tupac. Like she I even saw her do a little sea walk up in there. So <laughs> she definitely put it on for the culture. So shout out to right. her. And then last but not least, friend, I know you saw this on Instagram. I just want to shout out to Chloe from Chloe and Hallie because for those of you that don't know, she um, got her own Instagram page separate from her sister in the group. And she's just been out here just been doing her thing, being free. And she got a lot right. of backlash about that. What do you think about that, friend? Um, I was really upset because I actually, I didn't watch her whole Instagram live because I follow her and her sister both separately because I love them. I think they're beautiful. I think they're intelligent. I think they're most high-faceted and I think they're doing the dang thing. So I saw the clip, um, and I'm pretty sure you saw it, um, of when she was crying on live. And here's yeah. my thing. I think people forget that there's more than one way to be a black woman. Like, if you want to cover yourself up, that's fine, sis, do you. But if you are in, you know, if you're comfortable in your sexuality and you're comfortable, you know, just in yourself, like, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it really made me mad for the people that went, that took time out of their day to go and put mean, horrible comments under her picture. Like, don't, just don't follow her. Like, yeah, I just, it just, I don't know. It just makes, it's just like, just, I don't know. It just makes me so irritated because I see so many times like with Chloe, Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi B, and so many other women. Women, it's just like when you feel comfortable in who you are and you flaunt it and you say it and you dress up for yourself and you're pretty and you're gorgeous and you're intelligent, it's, oh, she's doing too much or, oh, that's cornballish or, oh, that's corny or, oh, it's this, that. No, and I just think when people say that about other women, particularly women and particularly black women, I think that that shows your insecurities and for you to take time out of your day to hate on another woman really, really makes me mad because at the end of the day, I am rocking with Chloe hard because yes. she is not, I mean, she wasn't doing anything wrong. I think the video that people were going off about was, you know, she was staging her room and her shirt and her, and her shirt and panties. Like we do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. just a normal thing. So I was just really taken aback at how upset people got, but it really just makes me see how insecure people are about themselves. But also I just hate when people try to put women and particularly black women in one box. Like why do we have to humble ourselves if we're pretty, if we're intelligent, if we have the goods, if we want to show it off, or if we want to share a piece of our life with people, if you don't like it, don't follow me, but don't be mean about it. 
Right. That's my whole thing, too. I mean, people were saying, like, oh, she should be more modest. She out here no, thirsty for attention. Like, no. all of this stuff. And when she explained herself on her IG, like, I just wanted to give her a big hug. Like, she explained that she had been struggling with, like, self-love and self-esteem and self-image and self-worth and all of that. And she came to a good place and she feels great about herself. And if you if you really think about it, every single person has some sort of insecurity. So just imagine right. your insecurities being 20 times bigger under a microscope in front of right. millions of people in front of the world. So just imagine how that feels. And some people were funny as hell because they were talking about, girl, I wouldn't even have explained. I would have just been like, Beyonce loves me. Y'all broke. Bye. And then, and then move on about the business. Too. But, <laughs> but I agree with you, Shelby. Like she was killing it. Like we shouldn't have to apologize for embracing our beauty and our body. I think that a lot of people may be intimidated by um, the right. confidence. But I love it. She's young. She's doing her thing. She did her silhouette challenge. She did the busted yeah. challenge. I need. I need one to do it after that. After she did, I say, you know what, Erica, go, go on and sit sit this one out. She had um, one of the top five. <laughs> she literally had one of the top five buses. I say what I see it. Um, she, she did. did. And I just, I love seeing young black women just embracing who they are and being happy with it. So for her to even right. put that video out explaining herself, like I said, I just wanted to give her a hug. Like it's got to be right. a lot of pressure anyway, just being in the industry that she's in. So right. we love you, Chloe. Love so we do. <laughs> yeah. So let's keep it moving to our first segment of the day, which is dating and relationships. So, Shelby, I need you to buckle up on this one, okay? I feel okay. like you're going to have a lot to say. <laughs> um, so, the inspiration behind this topic today, you guys, is actually going to be like a two-part question. So, um, the inspiration came from Jasmine Sullivan's newest album called Hotels. Hotels, not hotels. Hotels. <laughs> um, she has a song on there featuring her called A Girl Like Me. Okay, so um, the lyrics, just for any of you guys who haven't heard it, side note, her album is the bomb. But for this particular song, she says, it ain't right how these hoes be winning. Why do they be winning? There's no hope for a girl like me. So the question is, Shelby, is it true? Do you feel like good women finish last? Like, do these hoes really be winning? And then the second part of the question is, is there a double standard when it comes to women being labeled as a hoe versus a man being labeled as one? Um, so um, here's the thing. I think when it comes, because I've thought about this sometimes, because first of all, I love the album. And it's so crazy that uh, you wrote this because this is my favorite song on the album. Like, I listen mm -hmm. to this song, like, one or two times a day, at least, because for, like, just, I guess, in the day, in the season I'm in right now, like, I feel this, like, on a whole nother level, like, on a whole nother level. I'm like, this is, like, like I, I get it and I can relate. And I go back and forth, personally, on whether I think hoes be winning or not. And I think it's a 50-50 thing. So, I say that because... I don't, I think there are some cases where, quote, hoes do win, you know, but I don't mm -hmm. think they always do win. And I'll tell you why. I think it depends on the guy. I think there are some men out there that want hoish women. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes as women, we fall for those men that aren't good, that want hoish women. And we get mad when, quote, hoes win. But you were never mm -hmm. going to win because you're not the type of woman that he 
wants or that he goes after and you're not his type so in that scenario it's gonna seem like hoes be winning you know what i mean and then there Mm -hmm. are guys that you know that are out there that you know they may dibble and dabble in that but they never gonna wipe her they never gonna take her home you know what i mean or they're not Mm -hmm. even gonna tame that type of woman so in essence i don't necessarily think that hoes be women when I think that as women, I'm going to say it, y'all might be mad at me. I think as women, we get upset when we mess with hoish men that want hoish women. Yes. So I don't think they necessarily be women. I think it's all about perspective. And I think that when you are into a man like that and you date a man like that, I'm talking to myself, y'all. I just want y'all to know. Um, you got to really check yourself when you see yourself going after those type of men. Like, why am I interested in this type of man? Like, what's in me that's attracting me? I think you got to kind of do some self-work. Because you, because if we're being honest, when you meet a man that's like that, you know, you can figure it out after a couple of days or a couple of days or even a couple of weeks. And I think as women, we try to change men's mind. And let me tell you, you cannot change a, mind, a man's mind. They are stubborn. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think they're winning. I just think that it's who you messing with that makes you think that. It's all about perspective. Like now I'm at a point in my life where I only date a certain caliber of man. Like, I only entertain certain type of people. Like, I got a lot going on. So, for me to entertain you or to allow you in my life or to give you a shot, like, you really got to come guns blazing, like, at me. Like, you cannot be lazy. You have to apply pressure. So, now I think the point that I am in my life, hoes don't be winning because I don't entertain men like that. I don't even let them in the gate because you're not my type of man. We're not going to work. You're used to hoes, and that's fine, but I'm not like that. So you're not going to be able to rise to the occasion to fuck with me like that. That's the first part. That was a word. That was a word. I just want to say. The second part, I do think that men and women have double standards. We saw, I, I just think that, I think we're living in a day and time now where women are more comfortable with their sexuality. And I think, you know, I'm seeing more women, you know, talk about their sexuality. I'm seeing more women talk about sex. I'm seeing more women talk about what they really will not do and what they really will not like. And I think that's a good thing. And, and whether you do it, you know, just all out here or whether it's like a private conversation for your friends, I think it's really important to know what you like and what you don't like and what you will and what you won't do sexually. Um, but I think there's a double standard because I feel like when men are out here being, quote, hoes, and they're banging anything with legs, and they telling the lies, and they got a team, we're supposed to understand it and try to compete for their affection, not doing it. But when a girl has a team, or a girl is exploring her sexuality, and she's out here, you know, doing whatever she wants to do, because it's her body, it's a problem. And mm-hmm. I will say, just disclaimer, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm really like a, a one-girl man. But I just think that if a woman is doing it safely, she's getting tested, everybody's informed, and that's what she wants to do. Why should she be labeled why should she be labeled like that to have a double standard when men don't? And it seems like other women, because Shelby don't accept it, people accept that. Because you you always hear people saying, Oh, he's just being a man. No, he's being an asshole. Like right. that's two different things. And I just think that we have to stop the double standards because I feel like women get ranked on so hard when they're open and they're exploring and I don't think that's cool I just think that if you want to be treated equally if you want to equally you want to help me then we got to stop the double standards what do you think friend I 
yes, to everything that you said. So I'm going to bring it back to the first part of the question about um, do hoes really be winning according to the song reference um, by Jasmine. So obviously I feel that song to my core. It's the whole song for me, Um, (laughs) every lyric. Um, But because honestly, I've had this experience before. Like I've dealt with someone that I was very close to and they told me that they didn't want to mess with me like that, like a, like a hoe because they care about me and that they rather be in the streets on these hoes that they could just like throw away. So I was like, what? And at the, in that moment, it literally threw me off and I took it very personal. Like I got so offended by that because I spent a lot of time with this person, like cultivating right. a bond um, just for them to choose hoes over me. Like I was in my ego about it. I'm like, wait, what? And so right. transparent moment. And it literally had me question myself. It had me question, what am I missing? And Jasmine also speaks on this in, in the song too. Um, and I had to learn that it wasn't about me. Like ladies, we don't need to be questioning ourselves. If this particular man doesn't want to take you on like that, and he'd rather run in these streets with these hoes, let him do that. That. Like Shelby was saying earlier, that's just not the man for you. And right. there's always signs that he's not the man for you. So right. um, never, never let somebody bring you to the point where you start questioning yourself like you're missing something. Um, so I had to learn that it wasn't about me, that it was about um, him and like him not being ready and he ain't done with his whole phase, whatever you want to say. But right. honestly, it did crush me, y'all. So, yeah, I do. It does seem like sometimes I ain't gonna lie for girls like me. Um, who like we carry ourselves with morals and modesty and respect and class and dignity and all of that. And we ain't for the streets. We not for the streets. I hate the streets. Okay. (laughs) But we are usually the ones who aren't chosen by the ones that we want, at least. I'm not gonna say we're not chosen, but not by the ones that we want to be chosen by. Um, And it seems like we end up waiting a little bit longer to be with somebody. So yeah, I do think in a way, sometimes it may seem like that. But at the end of the day, like we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, what this hoe got to do to keep this man. You know what I mean? So um, for the second part of the question was, do you think there's a double standard for women being a hoe versus a man being labeled as one? So my thing is, um, I remember social media went crazy over this particular person. And I'm not saying she is a hoe or anything like that. I actually think she's doing her thing. And she's fun. She's having fun. She's young. She's beautiful. So she should be living her life. So even though she took my man from me, Michael B. Jordan. So I'm talking about Lori Harvey. (laughs) Um, There's definitely a double standard here, though, because a lot of people tried to pin her like, oh, she out here. She's the female future. She out here just hoeing around. And it's like, why does she have to be a host? If she's just because you've seen her linked to all these different people and she's out here living her life respectfully. Like, I don't I don't think that why should we label her when we look at when some dudes look at future like oh man you doing it you doing it and it's an ego thing and it's like right. honestly I feel like men <laughs> they will be gossiping a little bit more than women do sometimes okay like if you think right. he ain't kissing and telling he definitely kissing and telling so <laughs> it's like why is it that so like Lori Harvey for example gets looked at like oh why she she on a new man every month or I'll give it three months and she on somebody else even though she took my man from me it's fine um <laughs> I, I actually support it. Like, girl, you young, you beautiful, do your thing. Like, figure out what what it is that you want. And right. she doesn't need to be tricking off on a man for a Birkin bag. She got her own Birkins, you know what I mean? Right. So she doesn't need these men for that aspect. So right. what do you think about the Lori Harvey situation, friend? 
I agree. And I had saved something and I'm trying to fight it. But in regards to the Harvey, the Lori Harvey situation, first and foremost, I agree with everything you said. And I think that as women, we can take a lesson from it. And I'm not saying because I don't idolize her or anything like that. But I'm going to say this. I think that as women, we got to stop. We have to stop putting all of our eggs in one basket when that man ain't committed to us. And he ain't showed us that he going to commit to us and he's not going to act right. Uh, the one thing yes. that you, the one thing that I like about Lori Harvey from the outside looking in, she don't tolerate no disrespect. She gets in, she has fun, and she dates. And if that man don't serve her, if that man isn't going in the right direction, if that man does not line up with her life, she lets that man go. That's how you end in situ. That's how you end up in situationships for years without a ring. That's how you end up in these dead ass relationships with men that won't commit because you didn't leave him when you knew that he didn't serve your life. And the one thing that I think that Lori Harvey is showing us is that you don't have to stay with somebody just because you put in a certain amount of time, that you can leave that man or that woman if they're not serving you anymore. And I think we got to learn how to move around when people and things in relationships aren't serving you. And I think from what it seems is she is brutally honest about what she wants and what she deserves. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think kudos to her. Um, she just said my man, um, I think he's fine, but you know that's not my man. You already know who it is. <laughs> um <laughs> the day that my man gets somebody, I'm gonna call you crying. Anyway, that's <laughs> I just think that I just I don't see anything wrong with Lori Harvey. And I think that that tells a lot about people because that's what you're supposed to do when you're dating. You're supposed to figure out if you if you like people or if this is your person. If this is not your person, you're supposed to move on. You're supposed to keep it moving. Yeah. And I think that she does a really good job with that. I just think, I don't really think a lot of people know how to date. I don't think a lot of people really mm-hmm. understand the concept of dating. I think a lot of people just get in relationships and become complacent because they think that's the best that they can do or they're not going to meet somebody else. And that's why they're miserable with a baby daddy. They don't care. That part, girl, you've been preaching already. That was just the first segment. <laughs> like, what? Um, I think we could close that segment on out. I have nothing else to offer the offering plate. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next segment, which is the journey. So this is where Shelby and I will discuss some things on how our journey to building all things melanin has been going or any tips that we could share with you guys. So we want to share today... Um what our theme is for this year. So each year we like to have some sort of theme to kind of get us in the headspace of our goals. So our theme for 2021 is work smarter, not harder. So Shelby, what are some ways that we're going to make sure we work smarter this year? Yeah. So I guess just to back up a little bit, one of the reasons or one of the main reasons I feel like this was our theme for this year um, just kind of a backstory is that Erica and I, you know, obviously we are going to both be working full-time jobs. And when we started our brand, we were both working full-time jobs. You got family, you got friends, you got a whole bunch of other stuff, right? Um, but I felt like we had so much on our plate with our brand and just so many things to do that we were doing them, but we weren't being intentional with them or we were both feeling overwhelmed. And when you're feeling overwhelmed, like, you feel like sometimes that it's not fun to do your brand or, you know, you're just tired and you're exhausted and you're just kind of going through the mo- the the, uh, the movement. And I could see that we were both getting, um, you know, just getting kind of tired 
um, you know, becoming exhausted and just really overwhelmed and not enjoying our brand. So we came up with working smarter, not harder, because we were just kind of like, okay, like, how can we make sure that we accomplish everything, you know, that we need to do, but not kill ourselves? And essentially, right. so one one of the things that we did to make sure that we're working smarter and not harder is we wrote down all of the tasks and all of our social media platforms and different things like that that we have, and we divided them up. We divided them up into we have a calendar. So on our calendar, we have who's responsible for what social media platform, who's responsible for checking our email, who's responsible for responding to influencer um, marketing things, answering emails, following up and different things like that. And, uh, and we even committed to, you know, spending a certain amount of time on social media per day and being intentional about that. I think that allows us to work smart and not hard because we know what we need to do. So we're being more intentional about it and we're not just going through the motions of things. Right. Um, I think what I can add to that is like, I think I feel like me and you are really good at pre-planning stuff in general, like just as people. <laughs> um, but it really helps us whenever we have like our quarterly meetings where we just, um, that's when we start deciding like when we're going to schedule content. Um, like you were saying, like just having our calendar of duties, like who's going to take this on this week. That's really, really helpful because I remember in the past we had struggled with that a little bit by having you know, both of us are doing the same thing and then we would just end up doing double work and then that's just not efficient for anybody. So what that was just making things harder. So to work smarter, it's just easier for us to have that calendar. We look at it and like, oh, this is my week to do this. And then we'll just um, go from there. Now, I feel like we were really blessed to have two of us because I don't know how we would keep this train moving if it was just one because we right. do a lot, <laughs> but we try to make it you know, as efficient as possible. I think we're really good at trying to do that. Also scheduling content. I mean, it may seem so simple, but it's really helpful if you, um, you know, are more intentional about, you know, scheduling your content, maybe weekly or biweekly. So you won't have to sit at the computer all day and just schedule something every single day. Just make sure that you look at some other tools that you could use to just kind of some people sit there and they'll schedule their content for the month but um it just depends on what your um platform is and how you're what content you're creating but that's always helpful right. too um because you just want to not burn out so quickly like me and Shelby know of doing <laughs> so right. I think we're already starting the year off really good with working smarter and not harder right. so yeah um yeah I think we're doing a good job so far I agree so let's keep it moving to our mentor moment. So this uh, segment is when Shelby and I will read a listener's letter that we received and we'll give our advice or our, our take on it. So Shelby, this one's kind of heavy. So I'm interested to see what you have to say on this one too. Um, it says, hi, Erica and Shelby. Lately, I have been dealing with depressed moods and feeling lonely. I have become very detached from people around me and find it hard to find motivation for my everyday routine. I'm not sure how to shake this mood. What are ways you deal with lonely seasons or depressed moods? Yeah, I think for me, um, what I would suggest, um, two things that I would suggest because I have personally felt like this before and I have been in season, in a season like this before. And I will say that, you know, it's a difficult season to be in. And I feel like sometimes when we're in these seasons, 
Um, it can just feel like the weight of the world uh, is on you. So the first thing that I would suggest is talking to a professional, um, finding a therapist um, that you feel comfortable talking to um, and sharing how you're feeling. Um, I think a lot of times when we're feeling this way, we're scared to talk to people about it because we don't know how we're going to be perceived when we're talking about it. And I think, honestly, we're just getting to a point um, in the world, really, um, and where we're talking, where we're having a serious conversation about mental health, um, because mental health has really been tested since the beginning of the pandemic, but pre, but also pre-pandemic, but I feel like it's been heightened um, since the pandemic. Right. Yeah. So I just feel like really, you know, seeking help in that way, some resources that you can use is you can obviously... If you have insurance, go through your insurance and look um, in their inventory for people. Lots of times they will have hundreds of different people that you can um, um, search and look for. Um, there's a directory therapy for black girls. They have a lot of different um, therapists and different things like they're in it. And there's one more. Hold on. Let me look it up. There's one more. um search engine that you can look at that is has more affordable um therapist one second if i can find it it's called openpathcollective.org um so i would definitely suggest seeking out a therapist um or a counselor and talking to them and being really honest about how you're feeling i think the first step in overcoming your dark season is getting everything out on the table so that you can then move forward and um and your therapist or your counselor can help you and put you on the right track to get um treatment and different things like that the second thing that i would recommend is moving around getting some sunlight moving your body um trying not to isolate yourself from family and friends and just moving your body and trying to do things that you enjoy whether or even just simple things like playing a card game or you know I used to color a lot when I was in my really sad season or doing word puzzles or even just kind of taking a walk stretching taking deep breaths um moving your body I think it's really important to do that but I think the fact that you're acknowledging the season that you're in I think that's really big think that's the first step and I think that possibly doing those two things that I mentioned um will allow you to come out you know in a, a stronger more healthier season what about you friend yeah I think that's really really great advice and um thanks for sharing those sources I think the only thing I can say in addition to that is um whenever Whenever they said I find it hard to for motivation from an everyday routine, um, I would suggest maybe try like changing up your routine because I know that like everyday routines could be so mundane, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday. <laughs> like it just you get burnt out, right. you know, doing the same thing. And then um, also I can only speak for myself. So maybe this will be inspiration to somebody, but try changing what you focus on. So, cause I know for me, like you were saying, the pandemic can heighten like that feeling of loneliness and depressed moods. Cause I know for me right. sitting at home, I'll start to think to my, think myself into a depressed mood. And some days I'll be so overwhelmed with my overthinking that, um, right. you know, I have to get my life together by noon tomorrow. And if I don't, I failed. Like, you know, just 
just right. not being um, my focus is be- not being anywhere productive. So um, I know it can be very hard to even have the motivation to even get up, to put your clothes on, to shower. Like, come on, y'all. Like, let's be real about it. <laughs> There's been those days. Right. Um, right. But I can also suggest to like maybe try to just invite more things in your life that you enjoy doing. Like maybe even just discovering like a new hobby or learn learning something new, taking a free online course. Like um, right. even... I just thought of something. This is something that I did for myself is like just kind of spring cleaning what you've been watching and digesting through social media, through music, even through this is personal for me, even through conversations with people. Okay, check your circle, because sometimes you don't even you'll be in a great mood until you talk to somebody. Now you in a bad mood and don't even know why you are in a bad mood, because somebody can always let their misery, misery rub off on you. Now you miserable and you don't even know why. So sometimes all of that, yeah, all of that can influence you or your depressed mood. So check who you hanging out, who you talking to, what kind of conversations you engaging in. Um, Honestly, for myself, one thing I'm going to like make an effort to do um, this month, I'm calling it my self-care month um, because I, like I said on a previous episode, like I want to be more intentional. So I'm going to try to do something for myself, whether it's every week or just some a little something. So, for example, like, I've always wanted to just have somebody make me some breakfast in bed. Well, I ain't got nobody to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up and I'm going to make my favorite breakfast spread, have me a mimosa, and just have my own breakfast in bed and watch something, you know, that's lighthearted or something that I like watching. So you could do something like that, too. Like, changing your focus and doing self-love, honestly, will save you sometimes, you know? So, um Either you can do like a at home spa day, watch your favorite movies that kind of bring you back to like a happy memory place. Right. Um, because honestly, you'll not always be motivated. It's definitely an uphill battle because um, I'm like when they said that I isolate myself, I'm that same person too. Like I have been very down um, at the top of the year and I got to the point where I isolated myself from the world mainly because I didn't want to burden others. But what I've learned is like, I have to let my friends help me. So if you have friends, if you have a close knit circle, not the miserable ones or the gossiping ones or the negative ones, the good ones, let your friends help you. Or even sometimes, like I just said at the beginning of the show, like I just went away for the weekend. Sometimes you have to change your scenery and that will help you. And I understand we're in a panoramic, (laughs) but you know, maybe if you just go for a walk or just drive around, just get out of your space. And, and sometimes that could help it it too. Um, I remember reading like this article that explained that most of us are just exhausted and we become moody from doing the things that don't serve us. So that's definitely me. Cause I do, I spend a lot of my time doing stuff that don't serve me. And so, so maybe thinking about doing more things that serve you or doing things that serve others in a positive way. Um, and one last thing I want to (laughs) say, Um, as a word of advice is that um, I want people to know that depression is not always what it looks, what it th- what you think it looks like. Okay. Right. So check That's on right. like your strong friends, because some people think depression is I'm in my room. I got all the lights off. I ain't coming out my mm-hmm. room, but sometimes it's, it's, it's hyper, you know, it's people that are running around busy all the time and, and not right. even knowing how they're functioning. So just check on, right. check on your strong friends, y'all. That's all I can say. Right, because people can be depressed and still function as normal. I was reading that somewhere. So kind of like mm-hmm. you said, just because 
you know, your friend appears okay in different things? Because I think a question we like to ask our friends is, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? And people usually like give like the basic, oh, I'm fine or I'm trying to make it. But like sometimes like you got to like ask deeper questions and pick up on, you know, contact clues. Because there have been days where Erica has called me and I have been depressed and I've been like, I'm fine. And she was like, no, what's really wrong? Or there have been mm-hmm. days where I've talked to her and she's like, I'm cool. No, friend, what's really going on? Like, how are you really feeling? So I think sometimes during this space, like, we have to take it a little bit step farther. And even if your friend doesn't tell you um, right then, I think that it's important to create a space and a place for your friend to reach out and talk to you um, when they feel comfortable. I feel like a lot of times, you know, we don't really... Um, we don't really make a space and a place to have those deep conversations with friends and we don't make a space and a place or for them to reach out to us on those levels. So I think that, you know, you just have to be open to it. And like I said, if you have friends in your life that are good people, they're genuine, they're down for you. Like, I'm not saying you have to unload on them, but maybe you can share a piece of it with them, you know, cause I know that mm-hmm. talking to my friends sometimes, really used to heighten my mood because I, I was missing that interaction so don't be afraid to to lean on your village um and to talk to them as well yeah so we hope that helped you um listener slash friend I'm not gonna say your name on here but <laughs> we hope that helped you we hope you um you see better days to come. So if you guys out there have a question that you want us to answer, send us an email at allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So we're going to wrap it up with our last segment of the day, which is words of encouragement. We're going to give you a Bible verse and then leave you out with a prayer. So today's Bible verse comes from 1 Peter 5, 7. And it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So Shelby, what does that mean to you? Um, I guess for me, when I think about it, it just makes me think that like whatever you're carrying, whatever hurt you're carrying, whatever anxiety you're carrying, whatever pain you're carrying, just whatever you're carrying that you can't handle. And even if you can handle it, it just reminds me to give it to God. I really believe that that God wants us to come to him and just lay all of our, our our problems, our burdens, and just everything that we have inside of us in him. Because I think that sometimes God gives us certain things to deal with, not necessarily for us to fix, but for him to show us who he is. So I just think this is a reminder that you don't have to do life by yourself, that you have somebody that is better than a brother, better than a mother and a father, better than a friend. You have somebody that will go to bat for you, but you have to come to him first. Um, so that's what I would say. Yeah, I um, personally been trying to meditate on this um, because I've just been, it's, to me, it's an everyday struggle, honestly, because some days you could wake up and have the best day and then something happens and boom, you got anxiety about it. So um, this is not just a one all be all like, thanks, God, I cast all my anxiety. Like you really have to like keep this in your heart every single day um, because you just don't never know what you'll be hit with from day to day. So for me, this is something I try to keep on my heart. Um, Sometimes um, I think for me personally, what I've been 
learning is that sometimes when I don't hear anything from God, when I'm like in prayers, I used to like get really anxious about that. I'm like, God, I don't hear nothing. Like, what, what are we doing? Am I still your child or not? Like, what are we doing? But um, sometimes what I think he's trying to teach me is that sitting quiet, like, girl, rest your mind. Like, you are always in your head. And so I think by just sometimes just sitting quiet or trying to sit quiet and quiet your thoughts in God's presence, that really helps like cast all of your cares and worries. Um, And sometimes I would think, you know, oh, well, this is just a small issue. God don't, he ain't gonna, he got most stuff to worry about. He got a whole pandemic to worry about. No, like cast all your anxiety. It don't matter how small you think it is in comparison to other things going on in the world. So that would be my tidbit. So on that note, I will lead us on out in prayer. So bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're driving, sway with it. (laughs) So dear God, we thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. We pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you will continue to bless them, keep them, protect them, and provide for them. We ask that you lift their burdens and just let them know that they don't need to carry them and that all we need to do is cast our cares, cast our worries and our anxieties on you and you will cover us. We speak against any depression or anxieties or any attack from the enemy on our minds in our heart space. We ask that you show yourself strong and surround us with your presence each and every day. God, we thank you for your favor. We thank you for loving us unconditionally. And we have faith in knowing and believing that we have received everything that we've asked for and that it shall be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.